Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, it's episode number 67 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the world's most psychological Eric Roberts related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly and joining me as usual in his sexy Freudian slip is my good friend Liam O'Donnell. How you doing, Liam? You know what? I'm pretty mm-hmm. good, Doug. How are you doing? Liar, Liam, because just minutes ago, <laughs> why you told you me you ask? weren't doing very why well. Why do you even ask? Because <laughs> I'm legitimately concerned for you. Oh, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how are you, Liam? Uh, my baby's sick uh, and work sucks. So I've been better. I've been a lot better. But, you know, I'm on here with you, and that's always the highlight of, uh, I don't know, a, a fortnight. It's a very sweet, sort of sweet thing to say, <laughs> Liam. Uh, Liam, how has the year 2018 been treating you? At the time we're recording this, we're about three weeks in. Sure. Uh, a lot of people were happy to see 2017 in their rear views, or rear views, as people like to say. Um, and uh, and we're now we're you know we're in it. We're in it to win it. I like to say, uh, Liam, how are you finding 2018? Not so great so far. Um, mm-hmm. My baby's mm-hmm. been sick twice, so that's tiring. I got sick once. Um, you know, I work at a college and people think all the students think that like, well, they're on break, you're on break, but actually you're just scrambling to get everything planned before they come back. And now they're back and it's like super stressful. So it's, it's funny because I work at a college too, except when the students are gone, I'm gone too. Yeah. You're the, mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. on the programming side, so I'm actually planning things and that's, it's tough. It's a lot to get done in advance, especially because the department that I'm in, we're specifically planning things for Black Heritage Month. So, like, I'm trying to get everything solidified before February hits, and it's just a lot. It's a lot on my on my plate. And what I really want to be doing is catching up on movies. Like, I want to be uh-huh. – there's a lot of stuff from last year I didn't see. There's a lot of stuff – yeah, I don't know. It used to seem like January was a dead zone, but what? I don't know. There's stuff out right now I want to see. I, I don't know what's going on. Liam? When things are tough, when yeah. things are difficult in your life, yeah. do you sometimes feel like the Lord is testing you? Ah, oh, God damn it. What? Mm-hmm. Come what? on. What is? What are you doing right now? What is this line of questioning? That I, I thought that was a very – look, Liam, I'm just wondering. I know that you're a man of faith, so I just thought that that's a reasonable question to ask. No. He tested Job in the desert, didn't he? Oh, my God. I hate <laughs> you so much. So anyway, answer that question. <laughs> Uh, no. All right. All right. Shut up, Liam. Today's guests are the creators of the Bobby Roberts Project, a fictionalized mockumentary about the ignorant, fictitious son of actor Eric Roberts. It's Patrick Richter, Jahida Marie, and Tom Wilbeck. How you doing, guys? We're super excited to be here, man. We're excited to have you. You know, we met you at the Cinepocalypse event when we interviewed the actor Eric Roberts live in front of a crowd. Yeah, it was great. It was well. Thank you for saying it was great, but you were great, and you approached both Liam and myself. Actually, Liam was running out the door because he was so overwhelmed by everything. But we had a nice little chat immediately <laughs> afterwards, and you told us about the Bobby Roberts project, which is something that I had heard about previously. But uh, but I was very excited to hear that you were all involved. 
Could you, and maybe uh, Patrick, uh, or actually, you know what, probably Tom, since he is uh, w- one of the directors of the project, maybe he would be the best to kind of give us kind of a quick summary of what it's all about? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I wrote and directed it, uh, directed alongside Brett Hudson, and basically had the idea several years ago. Um, a friend of mine actually had the, had the concept that it would be funny if somebody tried to do a movie on the life of George Washington and just did it in a ridiculous, over-the-top, Michael Bay-style directed way. <laughs> um, so it was kind of born out of the idea, and I kind of have a strange sense of humor, and I like to poke fun at a lot of things. So uh, the idea was, all right, it's going to be the son of somebody famous. And while going through the list of celebrities who could have like a spoiled, entitled, millennial-style son who just feels entitled and feels like he should be famous – um, Eric Roberts was literally the first thing I could think of. Um, he's been in like 900 million movies. So right. I mean, it, it's just the idea of like, somebody's trying to make this train wreck of a movie, film it in a mockumentary style. But on top of that, add the layer of ridiculousness that, you know, you know who my fucking dad is, bro kind of thing. Um, and in, in thinking of who the father would be, uh, literally Eric Roberts was the was the only one I could really think of that really would I think would make it funny. You know, if you did somebody like Brad Pitt or I don't know Maybe. someone. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not even get into that one. Uh-huh. So it's just the idea of this ignorant kid trying to make a movie that's just a complete shit show, but has this arrogant kind of Kenny Powers esque. Uh, you should know who the fuck I am because I'm the man. All because Eric Roberts is my father, kind of, that's the joke. Or at least the sure. overlying joke. A year and a half ago, um, literally the first evening that we met, he was like, hey, I've got this project that I'm working on. It's a feature. <laughs> and he showed me. Like, we, we were having drinks at his house. He brought me upstairs. We watched through some of the footage. And I'm like, this is this is a TV show, man. Like, this is a, <laughs> we got to make this a show. And, uh, you know, with different companies, we've been kind of working on it on and off. But uh, once Pi sort of, formed uh i literally i brought tom to lunch and i'm like this is our project we we will help you make this a uh, a series and then pie films is what uh patrick and i when we decided to just be like just develop really interesting projects that we've been meeting because we've been working on commercials for the last like six years so to be able to work on something that we're passionate about is really interesting and be able to put our names behind things that we believe in because you know we have we both have full-time jobs like everyone else that is doing fun shit and so, like, if we are able to, like, dedicate our um, extra time to something, it has to be something exceptional. Because otherwise, like, I'd rather be fucking napping or drinking. Real talk, guys. Like, that <laughs> <laughs> we can be doing than helping someone, like, uh, see their vision through. But when we watched Bobby Roberts, like, I was almost crying laughing, and I was really excited to be part of it. So what was the process once you got Eric Roberts on board – uh, was it difficult to kind of explain the concept to him? Was there some concern either on your part or his part that because you're using, even if it is a fictionalized part of his life, that it might act, end up look, making him look bad? He seems like a pretty, well, I seems like I spent some time with him. He's a pretty self-deprecating person. He is. And that's really what drew me to him. Like, honestly, I knew of Eric Roberts. When I was a kid, I used to just love karate movies. And, you know, so of course, best of the best I had seen when I was a child. And then, Later in life, uh, one of my favorite comedies was Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, his little, there again, self-deprecating kind of joke that, you know, Eric Roberts play. you know, the, for those of you who haven't seen this, uh, 
it's like a mock on the Menendez trial, which was going on around that time. (laughs) And it's like Eric Roberts in the role of a lifetime playing Stan and Sam Sweet. It's like playing both brothers. And it kind of pokes fun at the idea that he's been in tons of movies made for TV and otherwise. And I always remember, I'm like, wow, that's really endearing and cool that the guy just is cool with making that joke and he's okay with making fun of himself. Um, so it was just, there's a quality about Eric that I always liked. And so, yeah, for sure. Again, like I, I didn't have like a number two, I felt good about it. I didn't want to do the project at all. If we didn't get Eric, I just wasn't going to do it. Cause I don't know, to me, it, it wouldn't have been funny with somebody else. I don't know. Or as funny. Um, so we literally on Valentine's day, I think it was two years ago. I met up with him and Eliza and my co-director Brett and very hat in hand. Like, listen, Eric, we think you're great. <laughs> Uh, I understand my script spoofs the living shit out of <laughs> you, of you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. to be fair, everything, yeah. um, and you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, cause if you water down the humor, it's just not, he plays a version of himself where it's just very over the top. All he cares about is busting out movies and like literally ignoring his son for the first 30 years of his life. <laughs> That's not who Eric Roberts is at all. He's all about lies and his kids. It's crazy, like how different. Except he is for Bobby. Character. Fuck Bobby. Fuck Bobby. <laughs> the the gag the gag in the, uh, the I should mention that you were uh, sent over the rough cut of yeah. the uh, of of the. I guess the first episode mm-hmm. over to uh, Liam and myself. And there's a gag about human centipede sequels, which just, <laughs> I was rolling. I'm glad you uh, picked up on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's so, a shot where he's like approaching two people with their asses out. And he's like about to go in the middle. <laughs> well, when I was looking up his IMDb, I noticed human centipede three was in there. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so spoofable. I got to write something about that. And so I had to force myself to watch that movie, which I saw the first one, but just to make sure. Like, he what? liked it. He, he thought it was very erotic. <laughs> if if you guys can't tell, my sense of humor is very highbrow. So that's, <laughs> um, but so I watched it. I'm like, All right, let's just make sure if he was part of the centipede, because if not, I'm going to make that a joke. And the whole idea is while Bobby's trying to film this Washington biopic, Eric's away filming Human Centipede 4 and 5 in succession. And... <laughs> Every time you get a glimpse of Eric, it's Bobby calling him for advice on something. So, like, like fetish wear, yeah, leather, and like. (laughs) So essentially, the joke of the series and like Eric's role is, you know, playing a ridiculous version of himself. He's just trying to crank out flicks. That's all he cares about. And Bobby's kind of an afterthought. And Bobby's whole motivation is, you know, to please his father and carry on the Roberts family name, which in this version. Eric is solely responsible for nobody yeah. else. Yeah, not Emma, not at all. She doesn't exist. Okay, dude. <laughs> I, I do hope she comes to the LA premiere, though. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so the cast we should mention, by the way, it doesn't just include Eric Roberts. You actually have a, a really interesting collection of comedians, some really fine improvisers as well. Fred Willard, of course, the the amazing Fred Willard, uh, makes a brief appearance. Jaleel White, Urkel himself, is in the cast. Chris Kattan. I, I noticed Drew Tarver from uh, from Bajillion Dollar Properties is in the cast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah Drew. Is hey, I'm, great. I, he's I, I actually a huge fan of his. Uh, and and I, that does kind of uh, beg the question: How much of the uh, dialogue in the in, in I guess in the finished project was uh, improvised as opposed to scripted? Um, I'd say about eighty five percent was written. Um, the scene with Drew, um, Tony Hinchcliffe, and Peter Gilroy, where they kind of go around, it's like their casting scene where they're talking about who to get uh, to be in the Washington movie. Most of that was scripted, but we definitely let them flow. Like, you know, I went into it wanting 
uh, you know, some funny stuff that wasn't written coming from those guys, especially, you know, Fred Willard. I think I spent like a good 10 minutes. Hey man, say whatever you want. We're just going <laughs> to put, we're going to point a camera at you and just go nuts. And, um, all those guys were really, really good with improvising. And so, yeah, I would say what ended up in the cut you guys saw was probably maybe about 15%, but there's so much, we have over an hour's worth of footage that was shot over, uh, six days. I think we were. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of material there, but unfortunately that's kind of the annoying thing about trying to edit something down to 22 minutes. It's, you gotta, you gotta cut a lot. Well, and then Peter's reactions to everything who, you know, Peter Gil- Gilroy, right? Peter Gilroy, yeah. Yeah. Peter Gilroy. When he, he just like has such a great reaction to everything. Like you're looking through some of this footage and you're like, can we just show another reaction shot? Cause he actually, <laughs> he's actually paying attention and he knows what's going on. And I don't know. It was it was really interesting to see how much he's just paying attention in every scene, which I know improvisers are taught to do, but not everyone's really good. At. Yeah, all those guys had really good improv chops. Well, and Peter Gilroy was such a perfect choice for this. I mean, like he's done so many things. He actually just did a the disaster uh, artist. The disaster artist, but he just mm-hmm. did stream commercials for like Sprint or Verizon. Like yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's killing he's it right now. Up dude. and up. So I mean, he's he's an excellent fit for this. One hundred percent. This does bring to the uh, bring us to the kind of most important question. When are people going to be able to see the Bobby Roberts project? That's a great question. Uh, so we literally, you guys were the first ones to actually see the rough. Well, I guess it's a little bit more than a rough, but we're yeah. just waiting for <laughs> the sound mix and final color to be done. Uh, so we're hoping February 16th is the date. And then I think we're going to do a private screening here in Chicago. And then I guess, so to speak, officially launch trying to get the series picked up yeah. after that. We're going to do s- sort of like a mini tour with the project. We're going to do like a definitely Chicago screening, which uh, if you follow the Facebook, you know, which we can sort of give all the blurbs about that. Uh, well, they you know. took off the Dawn Facebook, but thank you, Patrick. Oh, right. The, the Facebook. Yeah. And then we're going <laughs> to. You know, we'll it's doing, on the internet. Uh, the yeah. internet. Right. And then we'll do a, uh, an LA screening with the cast. And then uh, we're going to do a New York screening. So we're going to sort of, Travel this around and uh, get as much traction as we possibly can, and then from there it's the festivals. We're we're entering it into literally everything, and uh, you know, hopefully from there it gets picked up. Now, uh, the three of you, uh, Patrick, Jahida, and Tom, have joined us not just to talk about the Bobby Roberts project, but also to talk about a classic Eric Roberts film. Yeah. Hey. Today we are going to be talking about 1992's. Final analysis with Richard Gere and Kim Basinger. Right now, we need to talk about the latest Eric Roberts news on The Roberts Report. It's The Roberts Report for episode number 67 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. Follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. On January 22nd, Eric Roberts tweeted, best shows can be found on (laughs) at Netflix. Liam, since you seem to find this so amusing, I want to know, do you agree with the actor Eric Roberts that the best shows can be found on Netflix? Uh, as you know, I am very picky when it comes to shows, and I mostly uh-huh. just want to watch Maddie Matheson cook things. So I'm going to go ahead and disagree and say the best shows can be found on Viceland. Jahida, uh, Eric Roberts says that the best shows are not on Viceland. They are on Netflix. Do you agree? Yes. Uh, sadly, I have to agree. Number one, because everyone I know actually has Netflix, so it doesn't even matter if the best shows are on Viceland because no one's fucking watching them. Everyone's oh. watching Netflix. 
I mean, real talk, it's $7 a month. I didn't know we were millionaires and can afford $100 in cables every month. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I mean, Netflix is definitely, like, taking TV to another level. Um, I mean, just the writers, the people attached to these projects. Like, the, the Netflix shows are, that is television right now. And they also never cancel anything, so even mediocre bullshit can be pulled. Uh, they just got rid of Always Sunny, actually, which oh. upset me. Um, I'm really happy they got rid of it. It hasn't been funny since season three. All right, Tom's going to go Whoa. crazy now, guys. Whoa. Strong feelings Whoa. being expressed here on this episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. Back on January 16th, way back, Eric Roberts tweeted, Hashtag compassion is the answer. Every living creature feels just what you would feel if subjected to the same. Don't do unto others, any others, what you'd not want done, done to you. Wise words from actor Eric Roberts. Uh, look, going over to you, Tom, would you agree with what, <laughs> would you agree with what Eric has to say here? Um, well, I, I believe he was quoting another source, if I'm not incorrect. Mm, I, it's more of a paraphrase, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> the, the old golden rule, which, you know, it's, it's absolutely true. Uh, but it's also absolutely cliche. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I guess I would agree, but I would also kind of chuckle at that. Patrick, is <laughs> compassion the answer? Yes. <laughs> Why are you so creepy right no, now? No, yeah, I think I think compassion is absolutely the answer. You've got to be compassionate. There's so much hate in this world, and like you've got to, I mean, love wins, you know? And uh, that's my thoughts. I mean, Liam, does, it's Liam. Eliza. We all know Eliza runs his Twitter, guys. We were there talking to Eric. <laughs> at your I was going to say, let's, 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 uh, let's sidebar on, uh, on uh, who actually wrote the tweet. <laughs> Eliza, <laughs> Eric Roberts' wife, uh, actually probably wrote that tweet. As we all sure. know, she's actually in charge of his Twitter feed. And so right. I just love these little like nuggets that come out where you're like, Eric didn't say this. It's totally <laughs> Eliza. That's so her style. Granted, you know? she is a sweetheart. So, oh, my God. so yeah. it's great. And Look, I it's fine. It's coming from the Roberts household. That's the main thing. That's Liam, sorry, I have to interrupt you right now because I need to find out. Liam, I know you're going through a hard time right now. Oh, God. Liam, does love. <laughs> Just a moment ago, we heard Patrick say, love wins. Agree or disagree? Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yes, I basically agree. Could you elaborate slightly? I mean, this isn't a podcast or anything where you actually have to speak in order to. Well, you know, but every time people. I, but I feel like if I go on a friggin' tear, you're just gonna cut me off to talk more about a tweet about tear me apart or something. Tear me. No, no, it's you not are... that. It's not that at all. It's more that I think it's very easy to say uh, love wins, but when we say that, there's actually a pretty big cost to that in the sense that, like. Um, that means we have to give up on a lot of things that we actually build our culture around, like punishment and uh, an idea of like. Why are you doing this to me, Doug? What's yeah, so I don't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> but, Look, so, Liam, so are you just bummed words, out because of Viceland? Is that still? No, I'm, I'm giving you. You asked me for a real answer. I tried to play off like I wasn't going to answer, and then you were like, "No, Liam, this is a podcast. You got to give me the real answer." And then when I uh -huh. do, you're like, "Blah, dumb." Liam, I'm a man of contradictions. But no, I please continue. I want to hear more about how love doesn't exist. Is that what you were saying? Oh my god, I hate you so much. Oh uh -huh. <laughs> no, 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 Liam, no. Look, I I do think in this is what's this is what's so interesting about something that is considered like a cliche. Compassion is the answer. It's a cliche, but it doesn't necessarily make it not true. You just have to understand that like 
it's an answer that costs a lot. To actually be compassionate is not just like I pet I pet my my dog and it's nice. Like compassion means in situations where you don't want to show someone mercy or whatever it is, that's when you do it. It's not I love my mom, so I'm nice to my mom. Look, the world's a better place. Like that's not what we're talking about. Liam, Israel or Palestine? Which one are you? Which side are you on on, on this oh one? That was going to be my question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God! I've never heard such a thorough deconstruction of an Eric Roberts tweet in my life. Yeah. Well, you, oh, you, you need to listen to more we episodes. The sandwich when he tweeted the lettuce wrap and he called it a sandwich. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was like the worst. I'm impressed. Look, it's, this is a close it's, fucking second then. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, Liam, we don't have time to, for your answer on the Palestine-Israel thing. Because oh, we but the find... thing about it. Oh, okay, okay. I don't have to yeah. do this. The big Eric Roberts news of this past two weeks is that Eric Roberts, the actor, appeared in the latest Enrique Iglesias music video, uh, another uh, addition to the canon of Eric Roberts' music videos. I think it's something like nine or ten. I should know because Eric Roberts himself or a representative tweeted me to say, hey, add this one to the list that you created on YouTube. And I'm like, okay. The song is called El Baño, which I've been told uh, translates to The Bathroom. And it's, uh, it's actually very, very popular on YouTube. You can check out The Bathroom right now. Its lyrics start, Every time I see you, you make me so hard, so hard to believe that you will be mine. So, donde esta el baño, Liam? Uh, mine is just upstairs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where is Enrique Iglesias? Uh, I, uh, I'm hoping right off his bedroom. I don't know. Uh, it's a very sexy video. Enrique Iglesias, the, uh, the famous singer, uh, this song is about masturbation, I think. That's my interpretation. Certainly the video is about that. There's a lot of bathtub action, as you might expect. And Eric Roberts appears as a bartender. Very exciting. Uh, the, the, uh, the creators of the Bobby Roberts Project, what did you think of El Baño? Well, first of all, I just, I just <laughs> miss Enrique. Where has he been? Uh-huh. I mean... We were talking earlier about Latin pop sensations, and as far as I'm concerned, Enrique was was the only one. Ricky Martin had nothing on him. I mean, Enrique, he's just that guy you start singing, and you're like, yeah, sex, do it. Ricky Martin, you're like, okay, let's like read a book and like hang out and like give googly eyes to each other. So I'm really happy that he's back. And I mean, Eric, as the fucking bartender, I mean, he had it in Final Analysis, and he has it now. It's like killing me. Is it weird to say that? Oh my god, seriously. Every motion, he's always so into it. That's the funny thing about Eric Roberts. He can be in a thousand movies, and he's still so bought into every concept. He's there, and he's <laughs> thinking, I remember in bartending school, they totally taught me how to make this Manhattan. It's all method, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. It's so fucking method. It kills me every time. He's so bought into everything. Enrique Iglesias, Liam, yes or no? Not a fan. All right. <laughs> yeah, I Chicago's – sorry. I, I, I think that the cho- like he has a nice voice, uh, but I think mm-hmm. his choice of song is not always like it. It, it kind of runs the same thing over and over again. Liam, what do you think of Enrique Iglesias, the actor? <laughs> what he's an actor? I I believe didn't he not appear in Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Am yes. I wrong about this? Yeah. No, you are. And you're right. You're not wrong. Uh, it's fine. He was fine. Uh huh. Didn't I mean, he have? Uh, some sort of, of uh, uh, guitar case that did it shoot missiles or something like that? Yeah, that's what I couldn't figure out in that movie was how many missiles were in the case that he just kept it just kept shooting missiles. The answer is five. Five missiles in the guitar case. What's the name of that movie? 
Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Are that, you just, by, that just jumps to the top of my list. I, wait, who who's speaking right now? This is Tom. <laughs> Tom? Tom? <laughs> certainly, is that certainly Tom. Now, Tom, you've seen El Mariachi, I'm sure. Yes. And likely you've seen Desperado, the follow-up to El Mariachi. C. C, right? Once Upon a Time in Mexico is the third in the uh, El Mariachi trilogy. Also features Mickey Rourke, regular oh. uh, collaborator with Eric Roberts. Mickey, uh, I, I will get behind, but I, I share the sentiment that uh, Enrique, as an actor, even as a singer, I, he takes himself a little too seriously, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always trying well, to be I mean, a handsome man, you know, always trying to one-up. With the guitar case, with yeah. the missiles. I, I see what you're saying. Right? Long-time listeners of the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast will remember that we interviewed Eric Roberts at the Cinepocalypse Film Festival at the Music Box Theater in Chicago uh, just a few months back. And recently they've announced that Cinepocalypse is returning to the Music Box, except it's returning a lot earlier. It's returning on June 21st, 2018. Instead of uh, in the fall, which uh, which uh, it was last time. I'm very excited about this. Possibly we'll see the Bobby Roberts project there. Uh, but Liam, are you excited? Cinepocalypse is returning. Will you be attending in 2018? I really want to. June is a whole different uh, ball of wax. But I'm hoping that will actually make it easier for me to go. Uh, as opposed to in the middle of the school year like it was this year. But, yeah, I'm pretty stoked on it. I know that uh, scheduling is always hard because where the music box is, we know is a beautiful location, wonderful theater, right by the, the baseball, John. So that's that's problematic for booking things. Uh, understood. Wait, why? Because, oh, <laughs> if, if there's a Cubs game going on, that whole area is a mess. You can't. They literally, like, Music Box's policy is like, we don't do things when that happens. That's interesting. I, I, I would have had no idea if it wasn't for you, Liam, so thank you so much. Now, uh, you folks from the Bobby Roberts Project, you did attend this year's Cinepocalypse event. What did you think? It's really piss poor. I mean, it was terrible. There was these two nerds that, like, were talking the whole time, and I was like, uh-huh. oh, where are the, like, really hot guys that are supposed to talk about Eric Roberts from this I, podcast? I imagine abs mm-hmm. on both of you based <laughs> off of your voices. Um, sure. <laughs> just kidding. We no. Love it. We love it. We're just being dicks. We're sorry. We oh, drank too much wonderful. whiskey tonight. It was great. No, Look, I have editorial <laughs> control over this podcast, folks. I'm comfortable with my body. Oh, no, you're fine, guys. No, you guys were you guys were fabulous, and uh, yeah, no, it was wonderful. The the style of just you guys had a lot of great questions for Eric, which is funny because um, you know his career is just full of ridiculousness yep. that cannot be ignored. And you and, guys, uh, it was a great interview. And he also was holding that venti fucking frappuccino in his mouth. <laughs> And you guys did not miss a beat. Every question you asked, and he was doing that weird thing that he does with his middle finger with his glasses. And that's you guys... the only way he like adjusts his glasses is like this. Like, and you can actually see it in Bobby Roberts Project. He literally like, he, like, flicks literally, you like, off. Kind of like flicks you off and like pushes it off, sort of nonchalantly. But uh, no, it's hilarious. Yeah, no, you guys were great. We were there, and somehow we were like your fans, even though at that point I think we had listened to only three episodes. We were like, ooh, Eric Roberts is a fucking man. We're doing an Eric Roberts podcast, like, I mean, um, a TV show. So that would be awesome to be a part of. And you guys were such professionals. Like, you totally. made us rethink things. We're like, oh, my God, like, look at them interviewing Eric because he is such a character. Like, you were doing such a great job, honestly. 
Well, I did not ask that question so uh, so you could praise us, but I'm glad you did. It does make me feel much better, and I'm sure Liam could probably use the praise after the day he's had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Liam's life sucks. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, apologize for Jida. She lays it on a little thick. Right. This, is the only, this is the only source of meaning I, I have. Guys, it's too much. I'm sorry. Edit this shit out so I don't feel like an idiot. <laughs> If you enjoy the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast, you're probably already aware of us talking uh, at length about the upcoming movie Homie Alone, uh, which is about uh, a family leaving a young child behind, and it does feature Ron Jeremy and Eric Roberts in the cast. I have some unfortunate news to relay to you today, which is that 2018's Homie Alone has been retitled. Yes, it's lost basically its only area of interest, its title, and it's now been rebranded. Beverly Hills Bandits. Oh my god! That's a that's a big. Oh my god! That's quite a stretch from uh, Homie Alone. Uh-huh. Homie Alone had me, lost me at that Bandits. Whatever that uh, was. A, f- a fun, a fun, a, f- a fun informational tidbit is that I was going to ask Eric Roberts about Homie Alone on stage in Chicago, but when I was about to reach the question, Liam crossed out the question <laughs> off of the page, as in, "Do not ask him about this, Doug." And I'm glad I didn't, Liam, because they changed the title. Well, and I think we had already established we at that point we had asked him about a couple more recent mm-hmm. things, and his attitude was kind of like, "I don't fucking know." So <laughs> I just kind of like felt like, "Hey, let's let's move, let's let's shift directions a little bit." That's funny. Well, at the very end of uh, the pilot that we sent you guys, um, the final joke is basically a scrolling list of upcoming Eric Roberts films. <laughs> and one of the fun- I was trying to think of as ridiculous of names as I could, and I don't even think I came close to what some of the real ones were. <laughs> Homie Alone being one of them. Well, if you are uh, saddened by the loss of Homie Alone, I've got some very good news. Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is 2018's Pups Alone, A Christmas Peril, featuring Dolph Lundgren, directed by Alex oh, Merkin. Yes. I'm going to get that directed, on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Alex Merkin, who directed 2014's House of Bodies, starring Terrence Howard and Peter Fonda. Boy, Terrence Howard's career has hit some hard times. Mm. Described as, this is legitimately, the writer has described the movie as, Home Alone meets Homeward Bound. Oh, hi, That's terrible. (laughs) I mean, look, it's amazing to me that Eric Roberts has two Home Alone-themed fucking movies coming out in the year 2018, even if one of them has sadly been retitled Beverly Hills Bandits. Uh, Guys, are you excited about 2018's Pups Alone featuring Dolph Lundgren and Eric Roberts? Well, you guys heard that it was initially like Macaulay Culkin or Eric Roberts for that Mm -hmm, role. mm -hmm. So I think think he's sort of like trying to relive a little bit of that. Dolph Lundgren, though, that's hilarious. (laughs) Actually, so... In the film version of the Bobby Roberts project, the fight choreographer is Dolph Lundgren's nephew named Francis Lundgren III. So that's funny that they're in a movie together because they're for sure in the same universe of absurdity. I think, and they were both in The Expendables together as well. Yeah, right, right. Yep. Yep. Liam, will you be watching Pups Alone? Yeah, we got this blood oath thing. So We've made a <laughs> blood oath to watch the I mean, works and life. Yes, please. I mean, I... I'm so concerned about the idea that these pups were left alone and it actually solves the major problem with home alone. Like you could never remake home alone because cell phones exist. But if you, but if you're leaving puppies, they get you cell phones. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. They don't have thumbs. So, 
Sounds like Christmas Peril to me. Yeah. Uh, check out Pubs Alone at Christmas Peril at some point in the year 2018. But with that said, it's time for us to take our first break. <laughs> yes, only our first. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, guys. When we return, we are going to talk about 1992's Final Analysis, starring Richard Gere, Kim Basinger, and Eric Roberts. Come Eric back and Roberts. join us right after this. Yay! Woo! A psychiatrist becomes romantically involved with the sister of one of his patients, but the influence of her controlling gangster husband threatens to destroy them both. It's the Hitchcockian-tinged final final analysis from the year 1992, directed by Phil... I'm going to go with Jonu? 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 Phil Jonu. Uh, the director of a Gridiron Gang, if you remember that movie, as well as the Punisher Dirty Laundry. Uh, for those who don't know what that is, that was a short film uh, as sort of a follow-up to the other Punisher franchise, uh, the Tom Jane one that uh, people didn't really much care for, but people did like that short film, The Punisher Dirty Laundry. It was also written by Wesley Strick, uh, a, a very prolific uh, screenwriter who wrote the Cape Fear remake for Martin Scorsese, as well as the Nightmare on Elm Street remake final analysis from 1992 starring richard gear kim basinger and i mentioned the uh the uh, description there about a controlling gangster that's eric roberts a very interesting performance here and we'll talk about that about that in just a little bit however phil Jonu, the director he might be best known for a series of music videos that he directed in the late 80s early 90s including uh the u2 and bb king video for when love comes to town actually a number of of famous u2 videos as well as the video for keep the faith by bon jovi yes their big comeback keep the faith and since he is a music video director I thought I would start by asking our guest today, what is your favorite music video? Let's start with you, Tom. Favorite music video? Ooh, I'm going to have to get a little dark and say, smack my bitch up. Ooh, it's got a trick ending, you know. I mean, but (laughs) at the time, I feel like a lot of people didn't see it coming. And I'm not that even big of that style of music, uh, electronic, whatever you want to call Prodigy at the time. But uh, but that was a clever video. And I like it was very uh, Aronofsky style shot. Uh, I thought it was entertaining. Reminded me a little about of Enter the Void. And not just because it has that POV shot. Patrick, favorite music video? Oh, hell. I don't even mm-hmm. 
Come uh, on, Patrick. <laughs> One of you 69 guy that you listen to. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of weird rap music lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's white, guys, in case you were wondering. Keep going. Pass. Go to Jahida. I'm going to – let me think about that for just a second. Was that Tanaka 69? Is that what I – I don't know how yes, you say it. Yes, Takashi 69. Takashi, that's what it is, with the face tattoo exactly. who uh, has that's the sexual assault music. charges right now. <laughs> oh shit! I I don't in- endorse that. But so wait, what? <laughs> this is an exclusive here on the Eric Roberts the Funny Man podcast. <laughs> Jahida, favorite music video? Sure, it is actually the one I love by REM. Oh, I really love that music I video. It. I I don't remember that one. I I know it's nothing special. That's it's really just old. Him. I you know what, guys? I have what can I say? I'm a little older than you'd think because I use lots of moisturizer. Anyway, I really <laughs> like it because it's really um. Beautiful, simple music video. That's all. Now, Liam, you're a musician yourself. so uh, And also, you enjoy music of all sorts, including hardcore punk music. You must have very strong opinions Ooh. about music videos. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, Liam. I just feel like I've watched so many, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to distinguish between ones that were actually accomplishing something, like actually... Uh, had some sort of artistic merit, and the ones I've watched over and over again because they're embarrassing and weird. Like I, like, like I feel like I have more of a connection to like "Let Me Smell Your Dick" than I do to like a song I actually enjoy because I think that video is hilarious. And it's a love song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, you know. In fact, it's kind of funny, Liam. You know that Enrique Iglesias song we listened to. If the lyrics, if you continue to read them, it actually does say "Let Me Smell Your Dick." <laughs> that's more that's more of something you say to someone you don't trust than it is an actual come on liam yeah. what's your favorite music video I, I i don't i don't i can't think of what else on my head I, what, what i'll say is one of the ones from my youth that i watched a lot mm-hmm. and i'm sure i'm not the only person was the first single off of the chronic um uh, I, I probably watched that video i think i watched it every time it came on MTV like over and over again and I, I don't know if that makes it my favorite but it's one that I can remember every moment of whereas there's there's songs that I love even pops like not just like obscure punk shit but like uh, big pop songs I love that if you ask me to describe the video no fucking clue like I couldn't bring it to mind Let's talk about final analysis from the year 1992. We all watched the movie. A lot of people here are going to have some opinions, so I'm going to have to moderate a little bit. Patrick, since you fucked us all over on the music video thing, let's start with you. Jesus Christ, great. I want to hear, what did you think of final analysis? I loved it. I actually really, really, I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a very complex story. Uma Thurman, great performance. Um, I thought Eric Roberts was the sexiest I've perhaps maybe ever seen him. Oh my god! Let me, can I interject? Are you <laughs> fucking serious that you? <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I liked the. Uh, oh my god! The of it. He is not representative of the body. <laughs> no, I thought it was good. I, I, it was, it was a good film. I, I enjoyed it. I, I sat through it. Um, and I thought <laughs> I sat through it, <laughs> ringing endorsements. <laughs> no, I think I'm. I think I'm out on a limb here, guys. I think I'm the only. No, one. no, Patrick, you are not out on a limb. This movie was well loved by a number of critics, including Roger Ebert and Vincent Canby, who's p- particularly marked out Eric Roberts' performance as being a positive. It also, however, was uh, nominated for a number of Razzies, uh, particularly oh. for the performance of Kim Basinger. A lot of people weren't a fan of it. Moving over to you, Jahida, what did you think of Final Analysis? 
I actually really liked Final Analysis because it reminded me all those psychological thrillers that came out in the early 90s. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Too much plot, a hot bitch that can't act. Like, I don't know what else you could want. And then Uma Thurman in her 18 to 22 years. So hot. I have never so found hot. Uma Thurman more intriguing than she was pretending to be like this broken <laughs> person. And Richard Gere, I mean, with his little puppy dog eyes, it's like, of course you're a rube. You look like a rube. Oh my God, this woman who's clearly just throwing her vagina in my face. What's going to happen here? Am I going to be used? No, I'm so surprised. I don't know. I really like the movie, though. I like like how the the plot sort of hinges on uh, Kim Basinger working with Uma Thurman to kind of pull one over on Richard Gere. However, once he discovers it, he is like three steps ahead of them for the rest of the entire movie. It's not even like he's never really in any danger for the rest of it because he's so aware. Yes, please. And and Uma also kind of fucks her sister over. Like when she's expecting her her to show up with the dumbbell, she doesn't. There's nothing in there. Well, I probably, then, oh, there's something in there. It's scary pictures. Disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, scary yeah. monster. I find it amusing how clearly the writers just like, all right, no matter what, 45 minutes into this, we got to go to courtroom drama because that's just what's selling, baby. Right. That's what's selling. I like how it's it's such a one-sided courtroom drama where where there's never any doubt that she's going to get off. Like they're right. just tearing the 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 uh the Because of Tito, apart. what was the guy's name in the beginning? He got fucking off because Pepe. <laughs> he comes Pepe. 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 That's right. Oh my god, what was his name? Pepe. That was so <laughs> terrible. No, but I have a quit. Sorry, yes. Much so an homage to like sort of like a Hitchcock style. Absolutely. You know, and I think for for what it was, was it overly complex? Did the plot go on 20 minutes too long? Absolutely. But I thought it was well done, personally. Yeah, a lot of it's soft focus on Kim Basinger when she was talking like this because... Yeah, does she have a real what, voice? I don't Oh, my God. Know. She was killing me with that shit. I was like, Kim Basinger, you don't have to talk like this. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll take you seriously. All right. So, Tom, I know you're steaming right now at the response <laughs> to this movie. He's dying. He's like giving us a death scare. I'm glad you guys have picked up on that. <laughs> what just... did... Go ahead. No, please. I want to hear your thoughts on final analysis. Let me just ask the question. Can you watch Richard Gere with his one emotion that he has on his face and take him seriously or root for him in anything? Like, oh, no. my God. No. He's painful. <laughs> that I mean, honestly, Eric was by far the best actor in the movie. His and he, he, nobody could play an act an asshole, the asshole husband who might be abusive to his wife better than him. He for sure was the highlight of the movie, but oh my god, I just cannot watch Richard Gere and not want to punch him in the face. Well, and Eric, well, like like you don't know if he's the bad guy at some point. You're right. like he thinks his wife actually has an issue with with her drinking and he actually cares. And you're like this is the bad guy, but he actually gives a shit. But like, it's so sexy, like the cigarette like <laughs> oh, right, right. Oh, like, oh my oh, god. My Back god. to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, look, I I don't want to condemn Eric Roberts' character, but when they get in the car, he does say, "If you embarrass me again, I will fucking kill you." <laughs> You know what? There were probably like four or five lines that made me laugh out loud. Who's the guy that played the cop? Uh, oh, you mean Keith David? Keith David, the man. Oh, yeah. He was just a cliche of a cliche, but it was so funny because he's like, quit yanking my dick, kid. Or like something, one of those lines at one point that literally I burst out. Like that was, for humor's sake, made it watchable. 
Richard Gere made it very difficult to watch, though. Now, you mentioned Richard Gere only has sort of one mode, one expression. Now, he does have two other expressions. One of them is when he's speaking passionately about freeing Tibet. And the other is when he's inserting... <laughs> I forgot. He's a Buddhist guy. He's a Buddhist. And the other is when he's inserting gerbils into his anus <laughs> so, for sexual what? pleasure. Oh, my now, God. So Patrick doesn't know about that. Can we talk that? about that? Can we, can, 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 I, I need to be in Millennials don't know. Let's throw out a disclaimer. I'm, I am talking about it. I'm just about to explain it, by, by which I mean... Liam, tell us what gerbil stuffing is. <laughs> well, you know what, Doug? I'm very familiar with this practice. Apparently, mm-hmm. you guys have never been in love. Is this a real thing? I thought this was this is an urban legend. People don't actually do this. Okay, let let's let's let, let me clear the air a little bit here. Yes, an urban legend, a very famous urban legend, is that Richard Gere was uh, a big fan of gerbil stuffing, which involves putting a gerbil in your anus for sexual pleasure. Now. There's no, there's been no proof. It's just one of those weird rumors that. No, no, they found the dead gerbil. They found it. Well, I'm look, dead gerbils show up all the time. That's not proof. (laughs) There was a brilliant South Park that kind of spoofed that. that. There was an episode of South Park which spoofed that, and and but again, millennials not aware of. I I guess, I guess Richard Gere is this show that's a cartoon that's really funny. (laughs) Richard Gere has sort of outlived the rumor about the gerbil. So that's kind of. Interesting, but uh, Liam, I haven't gotten your thoughts yet on final analysis. What did you think? I think, in the scope of um, the kind of movies that Eric Roberts is doing um, at this point in his career, it's actually pretty good. Um, it's it's a real movie. It's a real ass movie. It's not like some thrown together thing. But uh, everything is played at an eleven. Like every note, every emotional note. The sound cue, everything is just in this heightened, like, and I just, it's too much. Like, I just needed to ramp back a little bit. Richard Gere doesn't know how to fucking spell acting, let alone do it. Like, he's oh, the worst. Thank he you. Is, wow. Richard Gere is one of the crimes. <laughs> if the 90s were a human, uh, Richard Gere would be one of the reasons I punched it in the face because that, <laughs> that's just unacceptable that he became a famous person who people wanted like, to see I, act. Absolutely. I just can't. I can't I can't deal with him at all. Uh you know, I get why people were hating on um what's her name from Kim Kim Basinger. Kim, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I don't find her attractive particularly. Me either. Um, Dude, I can't like ugh. at all. I just I just really don't. But I also I, think, it's kind of an unfair thing to say, but I have to admit I, I mm-hmm. agree with the both of you. But I, I but but that's not the that that's, that's not, not it's just great. it's not something it doesn't do it for me. But here's the thing, though. That's fine. I I get why other people do and why she's in that role. Um, I actually think people are too hard on her performance because I actually think the writing is bad. Like, all she's doing is either pretending to be Richard Gere's masturbatory fantasy or having some sort of alcohol-fueled freakout. It's not like there's ever a moment of true vulnerability where we see her be a human anyway. So to be like, oh, her performance is bad, it's like, well – I think she's actually doing okay with the shitty script that she's given. Totally, the- totally true. To the writing, like whoever wrote, like when she's st- when they're at dinner and she starts chopping up whatever was on her plate aggressively and loses no. her mind. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, why do you want to slam half that bottle or glass of wine? And why does that make it? Like, I get you learn that later, but that was actually one of the funnier scenes as far as I'm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's utterly it ridiculous. So ridic- out of nowhere. Wait, like, oh, okay. 
when but, she's leaving to use the bathroom and then she starts screaming at Eric Roberts back on the table. Well, that, and that's the other thing, because then to ground her back, you know, Richard Gere is the, you know, the stereotypical psychologist who just understands everyone. Right. Like, wow. Thanks. I just think the funniest thing that made where, it even more ridiculous. is where she's downing NyQuil. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, also, one of the funnier scenes, too, is when the the big reveal of the dream, like, oh, my God, that's what she said in the thing. I was just like, <laughs> oh, oh, God, that was the Jesus funniest part where, where Richard Gere's in the library and comes to the conclusion yep. of just figuring everything out. Like Violet, that violence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, All right. All right. Everyone settle down just for one moment. Uh, I did have some issues. Kim Basinger, look, I think she can act sometimes. But I think uh, your point was well made that this movie and its uh, script kind of let her down. The thing is, her character here is supposed to be a smoldering femme fatale. And it's really something that's supposed to be very obvious right from the beginning to some extent. I mean, this is a neo-noir film. Of course, she's going to be the femme fatale. But the weird thing about it is that she's supposed to be like unbelievably sexy, right? To the point where um, Richard Gere having an affair with her uh, the the friend of Richard Gere, who's also a psychiatrist, he's like, you really shouldn't be doing this. What kind of woman would make you do this? And then he sees her, and he's going to be like, oh, that's the kind of woman. Right, but right. it's that 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 just doesn't play. And I don't know if it's because of her performance. I don't know if it's because of my own reaction to her. Well, and I feel I feel icky even saying that about her physically. But it's 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 weird because it it makes the whole movie not work because she's supposed to be so overwhelmingly. Uh, attractive and sensitive and appealing that it makes Richard Gere kind of lose his other faculties entirely. Well, also, like, look at what's supposed to make them attracted to each other in the first place. Like, he's not funny or charismatic or, you know, like, the whole idea that, oh, my God, I just instantly fell in love with this guy makes no sense because he's such a plastic fucking character. Well, he has a very nice den. I I do have to say. Yeah. (laughs) He has a lot of books. He has a lot of books. He's clearly well-read. That just and, me on. Uh, I don't know. He also has access to all of the abandoned lighthouses in San Francisco. <laughs> with, like the fucked up like railing. <laughs> yeah, which, which the railing just falls for no reason. Which that was wasn't like that little... before. Fuck you. <laughs> L- Liam, back over to you for a moment. Now we, we've mentioned some of the weaker performances, the leads apparently, and we're going to talk about Eric Roberts in just a moment. But we've also made reference to Keith David playing the cop that's sort of on the tail of it. I actually l- kind of like how that resolves in the sense that he's incredibly suspicious of Richard Gere, and then they actually have to kind of work together at the end. And we have Uma Thurman. Uh, actually, um, this is I guess post Dangerous Liaisons, uh, but she's still very young here. Uh, were you impressed by any of the performances? How about that guy from CSI who shows up as? the lawyer <laughs> yeah i actually didn't have a problem with um the other performances that i found them for the most part kind of charming in what they were doing even if it was like keith david's characters written kind of ridiculously but he works with it like same with eric roberts like eric roberts eric, everything eric roberts says in this movie he could have just come up with himself like if you just said to him like okay you're playing a scumbag like he could have just done that like i don't think the script is doing him any favors per se but it doesn't matter like he really nails it i think that's true of almost all of the tertiary character you know the sort of the supportive characters except for pepe who should not be named pepe and that actor just he just the whole time i'm like <laughs> Are you menacing? Are you actually misunderstood? Like it, they never even clarify that at the beginning of the movie. Like nice from guy. from the opening case, I'm thinking this isn't real. Like 
this is the setup that Richard Gere is full of shit from the from right. the jump, right? Like this is not a real thing. And then he's just the character's just weird. It's a weird character the whole time. Isn't it strange, Liam, that Pepe doesn't die? Don't you think he should have died? Isn't that weird? So what happens love- for those that haven't seen the movie, and that's probably a lot of people listening to this right now, but near the end, uh, it, Pepe comes back. At the beginning, we see him getting off uh, for temporary insanity because of the testimony of Richard Gere's character. And at the end, he's hired Pepe to basically uh, follow Kim Basinger, <laughs> who has escaped from a mental hospital. So, he, so well, she's going to get that escape was the most easy escape <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Like, she just wow, switches clothes like, with her sister, who looks nothing like her. It's Uma Thurman. <laughs> so she leaves. Pepe follows her so he can get back this uh, dumbbell, which has Richard Gere's uh, fingerprints all over it. I, anyway, so so it's ridiculous, right? But when he calls Richard Gere to come retrieve the uh, dumbbell, Kim Basinger then shoots him a bunch of times, but he doesn't die. He lives long. He doesn't just live long enough. He lives and is able to tell Richard Gere, that she's gone to the lighthouse or whatever for the end of the movie. Why didn't she kill Pepe, Liam? For the, for the story? It seemed a little convenient, I have to say. It, and I it wasn't, didn't make wasn't any sense. Yeah. Even, even more shocking, Pepe doesn't see her coming in the 15-second like uh, <laughs> elevator ride. Up, she's on the phone, landline. Well, yeah, it's, it's clearly an elevator to one room. And then when he hears the elevator go, he doesn't think, who else would be coming up here? He's yeah. just like, oh, it's the elevator. It's fine. Yeah, it's just noise. Tom Wilbeck, the director of the Bobby Roberts Project, you are a director, so you must have an appreciation for the direction of others. What did you think of the direction of Final Analysis? Now, I did think it was kind of obvious that this was directed by a music video director. It is very flashy. There are scenes in the rain. Uh, I do think that the the, oh God, the visuals so much it d- does have a very soft focus sex scene where we uh, do get to see uh, stuff. <laughs> what did you think, Tom? <laughs> we saw a boob. I saw a boob. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, Richard I, Gere's ass. Oh my God, Richard Gere's ass. Sorry. I see the cinematography. Gerbil's going there. Sorry. For the please. better parts about it. <laughs> please, please actually continue from the start of that. Uh, <laughs> the cinematography actually wasn't bad. You know what's funny? You watch movies today and like the cuts are like a second maybe at most. And like you could like – most of the movie was like 10-second shots before a cut. Sure. And a lot of establishing shots, like they, they love the tilt, like, oh, we're going to show the courtroom like from the top and then tilt Absolutely. down, mm-hmm. which, you know, is a very old school, cool technique. But uh, it's funny, though, when you contrast it versus what you see today, it's like they hold those shots so long. And it's that's actually one of the better parts of the movie. Obviously, the acting uh, parts that we're talking about are, were not as good. I found it a little flashy for the kind of noirish tone it was going for. I mean, it obviously is meant to uh, make you think of movies like Double Indemnity and The Big Sleep and other kind of uh, uh, San Francisco-based noir. But then you get these kind of flashy moments, particularly in the climax, which, again, gets very Hitchcockian, very Vertigo-ish uh, as they go up this lighthouse and have this big climactic right. moment. You know what's funny where- is how they end up there after the car crash makes – like, what are the chances – <laughs> like, like Richard Gere is luring her into. Uh, by the way, so Keith David and Richard Gere are being held hostage in a car by Kim Basinger. They drive off the road after hitting this uh, again a foreshadowed bump or or uh, right. crevice. Because, they, yeah, they fall into the water in a car crash. Sorry, Richard Gere escapes and lures Kim Basinger away. Did they? Did, did he just leave Keith David to die in the car? He didn't know if she, he was okay. Probably suffering from a concussion. I mean, if I was Keith David, I'd be a little upset about the whole thing. Um, 
Liam, the visuals impressed or no? I don't love this. I I don't I don't love this style. There's I, this feels like of a time, and mm-hmm. I don't love this time. And if I'm going to if I'm going to watch a movie that makes a lot of these movements, I don't want it to be this kind of film. I, I think you're right. It just the tone. Um, was all over the place for the subject matter and the visuals just didn't really work for me. It, it all feels, I, you know, I, I, cause I've thought about this before because I have a certain nostalgia for, uh, you know, 60s, 70s, even large parts of the 80s. So what is it about the 90s that I very rarely feel that um, click where I'm like, oh, I like this just because almost almost entirely because of the time it was made and 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 for whatever reason i don't know if it's because that's when i was in high school or when mm-hmm. i first started actually paying attention to movies was really that at this time that like this style that sort of reeks of that era in my mind or at least reminds me of a lot of things from that time it just bothers me from the get i'm like no this is not this is not a thing I want. And not because it's bad. Again, this is higher quality than quite a few things we've sat through for this podcast. Um, but it, for some reason, it just doesn't work for me. Well, you know what? When did Basic Instinct come out? Because I, I feel like the guys that made this movie were like, you know what? We need to do this. This is what's hot. Basic, right. it's actually, you know, Basic Instinct came out the very same year, I believe, 1992. Okay. Shit. So, like, to your point, it's a product of the times. Like, that, that style of cinematography, like, that was just... And everything, the, the the thriller genre, all that was, yeah. you know, kind of the thing. It was definitely hot at that time. I should mention, by the way, that the cinematography for Final Analysis was done by Jordan Cronenweth. This is actually was his last film. Also, the cinematographer for Blade Runner, as oh, well sure. as the uh, classic concert movie Stop Making Sense. Uh, but yeah, this unfortunately was his final cinematographer. Boy, that's not how you say that. Final Analysis is- and Movie. <laughs> but I'm pumped. But, but now we sh- now we should move on to Eric Roberts, the actor who has a yeah. very memorable appearance in 1992's Final Analysis as a Oof. potentially abusive. Actually, almost oh certainly. God. Sorry, I just got really hot in here. Oh my god! When he first shows up on screen, when Oof. you don't even know he's going to be there, his clavicle. That tan. He <laughs> looks at you with whoa, those intense eyes. Oh my god! I just can't eat Honestly, right now. Honestly, like the the most attractive I've ever seen, Eric Roberts. I was in fell, I know I fell in love with Eric Roberts the first time you meet him in this movie. After he's been built up because he's this asshole, he's this right. gangster. Of mm-hmm. course, he does public housing. He's this guy that just takes advantage of everyone. And he- I love how they just talk shit about that. By the way, oh, public housing. Like he must be a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> of course and then he's just so like intense when eric yes. wants to buy Agreed. into something he just does i was hey, like right. oh my god i'm just like it's very mel right gibson now. in the blowjob scene i feel it's like <laughs> you give me a blowjob when i tell you to give me a blowjob but like oh he's god. like smoking a cigarette so phallically and he's just literally just like do it the, the opening it. the intro oh to that god. character is a great like, intro that intro is just amazing like, literally me and jahides were like what we were falling in love, uh, like having to wipe the sweat off our right. brow. We were so like, let's like wipe the fucking steam off the fucking like monitor. <laughs> we were watching because Eric. Let, now that let, he's seen him so much, like let's take a step back from all yeah. of us coming all over ourselves because of how hot <laughs> Eric Roberts is. Comment down there, Doug. We're not saying that. Okay. <laughs> 
Eric Roberts is uh, I would suggest that his character is slightly one dimensional in this, in that he is an asshole, and everything sure. he does, aside from a brief moment of concern about his own wife, who, which is then turned into a threat, is him being an asshole. I mean, there's no doubt at all that he's a piece of shit. And when he gets murdered, we are supposed to, at that moment of the audience, think, well, maybe he deserves it. Uh, And I think that's something that we're supposed to feel. And then we find out later that, yeah, he probably deserved it, but there is a lot of twists and turns that are then later revealed. I want each of us to give one word to describe Eric Roberts' performance in the movie Final Analysis. And I said that very slowly so everyone can get their brains Working. Starting with you, Tom. Eric Roberts, one word. Non-consensual? <laughs> is that a word? Is that Hyphenated, but I, I will accept it. Because uh, that's basically, you know, that's the it. gist of his relationship with Kim Basinger, right? Absolutely, 100%. Jahida, what do you think? Misunderstood. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> is that the Missy Elliott? No, thank you. No, no, thank it's you. because they think of him right. in one way, but the only way you really show him is he kind of cares about his wife. You yes. know he's a piece of shit, and then he's dead. Which leads to my word, trying. I think oh. trying. <laughs> we just love Eric so much. I he's think we're trying like such to, Eric's defenders but like, right but, now. But here's the thing is like why it's so manipulative is because we are sort of brainwashed by – her manipulation. So she's manipulating Richard But Gere. you don't know that at the time. But yes, correct. Sure, okay. but like at the same time, like the restaurant scene, when she freaks out, we see like that he really does in some ways. I just like the little nuances of like how he chooses food. There's like an annoyingness <laughs> that they really, and, and I don't know if you guys remember this at the very end, that the guy in like one of the, one the final scenes, <laughs> they try to make him emulate Eric's shit from earlier. Do you guys mm-hmm. pick up on that? Like, I liked the kind of throwback to, like, I don't, the little nuances that make him annoying or bad. Now, s- speaking of trying, by the end of the two hours of this movie, I found the movie a little trying. Uh, Liam, over to you. A single word to describe Eric Roberts' performance in this movie. Sweaty. It's yes. a sweaty Agreed. performance. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Not quite star 80 sweaty, but uh, but very sweaty. He was he is somewhat cha- uh, channeling a star eighty performance, obviously with uh, less layers. But you know, considering that in in the hands of someone less skilled, this could be a very stock villain performance. He actually has people mock us here as hosts of an Eric Roberts related podcast sometimes because of the amount of work Eric Roberts does in recent years. But you cannot fault or deny the amount of charisma he brought to this performance. Right. Actually, maybe you could fault that, Liam. What did you think of his performance overall here? Great. I think uh, I think he's one of the highlights of the film for me. I I, I like as, as we said and we've said on here before. There's certain um, there's certain uh, things we come to expect from a villain that he's playing, and this one is uh, it, the insecurity is not as much out there. Even though it doesn't take a lot of work to figure out that a guy who acts like this is probably pretty insecure, but he's not wearing it on his sleeve. Uh, but instead, there's a there's more of like a, a menace to me um, coming co- coming across. But I kind of get what our friends who uh, want to say that he's misunderstood are saying a little bit. Only in that um, part of what he does is help the story uh, distract us from Kim and 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 the the um ways that she is fooling Richard you know what I mean like sure. if his he makes that character smarmy enough 
and uh, despicable enough that we don't notice that she is also a monster. And I feel like yeah. if his performance was different from the get, you might be like, I don't trust that lady. Like, because why? Why does she show up the way she does? It's never really explained. Like, even the idea, like, I have to come to tell you that my dad raped my sister. No, that doesn't make any sense. Why are we on a date and you're telling me that? Like, <laughs> it, everything about it is obviously manipulative. But the part of the reason the audience kind of goes along with it for a while is because of Eric Roberts' performance, is because of what he brings to the table for that character. On the most recent episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, we watched the 1986 Academy Awards where Eric Roberts was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for the movie Runaway Train. And, uh, I mean, we had a good time watching that. But what that reminded me of and what I was reminded of again watching Final Analysis is that Eric Roberts was a movie star. And here, you know, he is a movie star. He, he, you can't take your eyes off of him. He dominates that role. He is everything that people kind of forget about him in this movie. And this is a kind of a forgotten movie in a lot of ways. I don't think a lot of people talk about Final Analysis so much. And it's even a movie that we've kind of held off on simply because I wasn't that interested in it. But it's kind of a hidden great Eric Roberts performance, I would say. Uh, and I was, again, very pleased to see him, even though, you know, he kind of bites it halfway through the movie. Uh, but uh, compared to some of the Eric Roberts performances we've seen, it's still a lot more content than we tend to get. Uh, Tom, any final thoughts on Final Analysis? I mean, yeah, when you look at the performance, Eric Roberts versus Richard Gere, how Richard Gere became a huge star and did everything, like, it blows my mind. Like, he's so bad in that movie. And Eric is, that was like the highlight, honestly. And this isn't a genre that I'm, like, into. Even going back, if you want to call it, like, early 90s thriller, noir, whatever you want to call it, he was the most enticing part of the movie. And then, ugh. I'm I'm trying hard to keep up with rooting for Richard Gere through the rest of it. I don't know about you guys. Jahida, do you agree? Disagree? I agree, actually. My favorite thing about him is he's so sold in the character. Like, I love Richard Gere. He's great. But he's kind of like a wet blanket. Every time Eric is on the screen, he, like, takes the air out of it. Because at least he's trying. Even in that restaurant scene, he's genuinely trying to care. Yeah. And it is a decision that he's making as an actor that I find so interesting. This character is so one-dimensional. The fact that he gives any energy to it is is astounding to me. And that's what I really liked about it. When he's dying, you're like, you're an asshole. You're fucking your... But are you an asshole? You're fucking right. your wife. You're married. Like, why is she trying to kill you right now? And that's what I found so interesting about this movie. He's bought into every second, even though he gets murdered so quickly. Exactly. And there's so many dimensions to that. Like he's so I think he's such he does such a striking performance that, um, you know, yes, he could be this one dimensional asshole husband, but there could be so much more to it. Like he could be telling the truth. But it was the most believable part of that 100%. whole fucking movie. I know. Exactly. Seriously. Let me end on that. That's the most believable part of the fucking movie. <laughs> was Eric Roberts prank playing a brilliant asshole. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Oh my god, this movie was pretty mediocre at best. We all talk, guys. Wah, wah. That brings us to the climactic moment of this podcast, where I have to ask each of you, is Eric Roberts the fucking man in 1992's final analysis? Uh, starting in reverse order from what we were just talking about, Patrick, fucking man or no? Hell fucking yeah. Jahida, agree? Second the shit out of that. Keep going. Tom? Tom? Best, best part of the movie. And over to you, Liam. What do you think? Of Ooh. course. 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! We have found consensus. Eric Roberts is the fucking man Ooh. in 1992's final analysis. A very middling thriller that is worthwhile to see uh, simply because Eric Roberts is very good in it. Very interesting. Also has a great climactic moment where Kim Basinger falls to her death in a not very convincing optical effect. Hey, check it out. 1992's <laughs> final analysis. I don't know where you can find it, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Take a look. It's worth your time, sort of. With that said, it's time for us to take our final break when we return we'll do a little plugging we'll say where you can find more eric roberts is a fucking man and we will say good night i'm a street walking cheetah with a hat full of napalm Son of the nuclear aid bomb I am the world's forgotten boy The one who searches and destroys Mother gotta help me please Somebody gotta save my soul Baby detonate for me That was episode number 67 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. I want to thank our very excitable guests on this show. Yes, Patrick, Jahida, and Tom, thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedules and your attempts to finish the Bobby Roberts project so we can all see it. Um, Thanks so much for watching Final Analysis and talking to us today on the podcast. Uh, Before we finish up, I want you all, one at a time, to tell us where you can be found on the internet. Let's start with you, Tom. Where can people find you and your work on the internet? Uh, For now, let's go to Facebook. It's on the internet. Uh, Mm -hmm. At The Real Bobby Roberts is the Facebook uh, slash internet presence of the, the Bobby Roberts Project right now. And basically, uh, if you go there today, there's going to be not much there. But we're going to release the pilot and start submitting to film festivals in about a month. Correct. And we'll start posting videos, little memes, goofy shit that gives you a sense of uh, the style and tone of uh, the series. Yeah, and we're both going to say the same thing. If uh, if you go to that URL, uh, starting next week, we're going to be you know basically releasing eight-second pieces that are sort of like glimpses into the Bobby Roberts project, uh, you know, pilot episodes. So that's where you can find us. And then, and if, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm going to do the last one. And then Patrick and I have a venture, pyfilmsinc.com, that's also going to have the same information, but also has a couple of our other projects coming up. Obviously, Bobby, Bobby Roberts is the one we want to talk about right now, but we, has a, we have a couple other uh, films from France. We have an another pilot that we're doing that we really want people to check out. And we'll, of course, link that in the show notes as well. And if you are a film programmer for a film festival, hey, and you're listening, why not pop over to the Bobby Roberts Facebook page and uh, see what's up? Maybe you can have that in your own festival. What do you think, everybody? Hell yeah! Sure, why not? Liam, what's going on over at Cinepunks these days? Ooh. Uh, Not that much. All right. (laughs) You know, uh, we actually just put out a new episode, um, and we should have probably next week a new episode of Hard Business, and I think Monday the new episode of uh, Black Sun Dispatches goes up. And you can find that over at CinePunks.com. And Liam, you are on Twitter, I believe. 
Nobody wants to follow me on Twitter. Just follow Cinepunks. C-I-N-E-T-U-N-X. Liam, Liam can be found on Twitter at Liam Rules, R-U-L-Z. And yes, go over to Cinepunks. Check out all of their latest work. I actually have a Pasolini retrospective uh, article, series of articles, uh, which are going to be starting on that site very soon, which gives people a reason to actually go there, Liam. Finally, finally a reason. Nothing finally else, a reason. Nothing else would have brought them, but that, that mm-hmm. hot... Your hot takes on Pasolini will be the thing that finally gets us to uh, a million views. I took you to the promised land with this podcast, Liam. I'm going to take your sight to it as well. What do you think? Yes. Oh, I cannot <laughs> fucking wait. You can, of course, find me on Twitter as well at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E. Why? You can find Eric Roberts as the fucking man on Twitter as well at E-R-I-T-F-M. You want to subscribe or listen to some older episodes of Eric Roberts is the fucking man? Go to ericrobertsistheman.com or you can go on Facebook and look for Eric Roberts is the man as well to catch up on the latest news. And don't forget to follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. I uh, recently appeared on the Theme Warriors podcast where I talked about one of my favorite movies, Make Way for Tomorrow, and I almost started crying while talking about it because it's a movie that I find most sad on the planet. Check that out. Just do a search for Theme Warriors on the internet. You can find my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, at nobudgetpodcast.com. But with all of that said... It's time for us to close up the Eric Roberts bag for another week. We shall return in just another couple of weeks with another Eric Roberts classic. Good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Yay! Later. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking.